Thank you for tuning into the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. Grab your Bible, get settled, and let's walk through the Word of God together. Let us now reason together and listen to see what God is saying to us today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for joining us. This is Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship radio broadcast. Thank you for joining from around the world, wherever you may be. We pray that you may be blessed by today's message, motivated, encouraged, and if not saved, ask the age-old question, what must I do to be saved? Amen? Amen. 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 All right, we're going to start out with a scripture from Sister Levera. Amen. 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 Scriptures coming from Psalms 128. Mm-hmm. A song of accent. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walk in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of the hand, of your hand. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children, children's peace be upon Israel. I read 128, the entire scripture. Amen. 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 All right, let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for all the blessings that you bring us. I thank you that we can meet here today, Lord, to praise you and to worship your name, Lord. Thank you for all that you do for us and for continuing to help us grow. I pray for all those who couldn't make it today, Lord, and of course, all of us who are here today. Continue to bless us, Lord, and help us to grow closer to you and the knowledge and the wisdom of your word, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 And now we're going to have a song from Sister Frida. Amen. Amen. Your love. 
to live instead to adhere to your every the God of a second chance, for you're the God of a second chance, Lord show me all of my wrongs, forgive me. And make me strong, oh, save me, and restore my soul, for you're the God of a second chance, for you're the God of a second chance. Lord, I need to feel the touch of your hand. Your will for my life, I want to understand. Lord, forgive me like only you can, for you're the God of Lord, I'm tired of the way that I am. In your love, I want to live instead, to adhere to your every For you're the God of a second chance, Lord, show me all of my wrongs, forgive me, and make me strong, oh, God of a second chance. You gave me a second chance. You forgave me like only you can. You gave me a second chance oh you gave me a second chance you forgave me 
like only you can you gave me a second chance a second chance oh you gave me a second chance you forgave me like only you can you gave me a second chance lord i thank you for a second chance amen. amen praise god praise god amen uh get free of the bible amen thank you jesus let's get the lord a hand clap of praise amen This is the day the Lord has made, and we need to rejoice and be glad in it. It's not like any other day because we've never seen this day before. We thank God that we can come and worship in spirit and in truth. Yeah. But today I have a question for you. Who's working on you? Praise God. Who's working on you? And, and I know you, you, you might just give me the answer, but a lot of times that, that uh, we, we, when we talk about Jesus and what he did for us at the cross, we don't understand that there's a work being done in us. It goes something like this. Jesus died for you so the Holy Spirit can work through you, that the Lord can be glorified by you. That's good. So there's a work being done for the glory of God All right. that cannot be done by anyone else. And it can't even be done by you. A lot of times in our churches, we, we are working and working and working. And the Bible commands us to rest in the work of the Lord. We work trying to do this. We work trying to do that. We try to impress God with our religious acrobatic things that we do in church. And yet and still, he even told the Israelites that it doesn't make a difference how many bulls and goats you sacrifice if your heart ain't right. That's right. So I want to submit to you for your hearing that let we're going to have to see if this work is about the heart. The work is on the heart. So the Holy Spirit is working on our heart. Jesus paid the price for our sin that we may not have the penalty of sin upon us or that sin may have no more dominion over us, meaning that it doesn't have the overarching control over us. But as we try to do good, evil is always present within us. It's no longer I that sin, but the sin that dwelleth in me and you. So the work has to be done in this changed creature called the new creation, the body of Christ. Which is much different from Israel because if he sent back the Holy Spirit to live in us, it's not a matter of the Holy Spirit coming down on you because he's already in you. 
It is fascinating to me how people want to usher in something that's all that's already supposed to be there. Living within you. Living within you. So, let's look at Philippians chapter 1 at verse 6. And I'll start off and Frida, I'll have you take over. And it says, I am sure of this. He's sure of this. Paul is sure of this. That he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He has that had begun a good work in you. And I guess the first question is who's the one doing the work? But well, we've already established that's the Holy Spirit. Right. Jesus is sitting on the right hand side of God, interceding on our behalf. So it's not him, but it's the Holy Spirit that he sent back as the gift. The gift for all those who believe. And this gift is doing a work that's going to be completed. He's not going to fall short. He's not going to be absent from work. He's not going to call in sick. And it's not a matter of you feeling it, but it's a matter of you knowing it. It's not a matter of you deciding in your imagination whether he's working on you or not. If you are blood-bought, born-again, saint of God, sanctified unto him, you are being worked on. And the problem with us is we want the big gulp. We want to take the work that the Holy Spirit is sovereignly doing on us and we want to measure it by the worldly ways of having more, getting more, and wanting more. And you want to take a big gulp of the Holy Spirit. But the, the issue comes in when the fact that you can't take a big gulp. It's a slow progression. God is progressing through each and one of our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit based upon his will, his pleasure, and the need of the body of Christ. The only reason we preach is to edify the body, as me and Pastor were talking about. It is not to gain some kind of popularity amongst people, but to be called by God is to serve God and serve God's people. So he that's doing a good work tells us who are preachers and teachers that we should be about the work of edifying through the Holy Spirit. And the only way you can be edified is that we submit and you submit to the Holy Spirit too. It's not so much about submitting to me. As a matter of fact, I would say it's not about submitting to me at all. It's about submitting to the Holy Spirit that dwells within you. And the word that you know, that you have obtained, that you should never let go of. One may know a little bit more word than the next, but it's still the word of God. And what covers you for what you don't know is grace. And what covers you because you think you know in ignorance is grace. Come on. I've learned the more I learn about God and his work on me, the more I know that it's just me submitting to it and resting in it. Having confidence in what he said he's going to do. He said, I'm going to complete it. That's right. Some of us, through our worries, act as if because we're having issues 
that he's not completing the work. But it's, I want to submit to you again, it's through the issues that he's completing the work. He's changing your heart through that. So let's look at Philippians 1 through 6 again, and let's go all the way down to uh, 10. Read. Verse 6. <clears throat> and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. So one of the good works is that he's going to complete this work and you're going to defend the gospel. And you're partakers of the grace that he has, even though he's in bond. So what he's saying is the work that's being done can't be measured by you looking at me in my condition. All right. I'm in prison, but the work's being done. Some of you in the prison of your mind, but the work's being done. Some of you allow on outside circumstances to measure what God is doing in your life. But I want to encourage you today. The work is being done. In spite of how you feel, in spite of what you're going through, the work is being done because the work has to be done above the circumstance in which you live. Some of us decide that the work is only being done when we feel good. But I guarantee you the work is being done when you feel the worst. That's right. Amen. Because that work is going to cause you to have to have faith. That's right. In the first work, which was the cross. See, so you got to believe in the first work before you believe in the work of the Holy Spirit. You can't leave the cross out. You got to come through the cross to get to the Holy Spirit of the gift. But the work is going through is going through the sufferings that we're going to share, just like Him. Read. For God is my witness. How I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. So that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. So now you have another for the day of Christ, for the day of Christ. You saw that twice. The work is being done for the day of Christ. This love that we're supposed to get is being given for the day of Christ. So this is really not about you. Remember I said he died for you, sent the Holy Spirit back to live through you so you can glorify him. So this love that, shed, that, that he's promising us is a love that simply tells us that this love should be discerning, not a sloppy Agape love, but a love that's discerning, meaning it's distinctive in its focus, in its nature, and its purpose. Its purpose is to glorify God. And it's sacrificial. It's not about a feeling. It's about an understanding of how much He sacrificed for us, and therefore He loved us through sacrifice, so we had to love each other through sacrifice. And that produces the fruit of the Spirit. So this love that He has is measured out in discernment. And it can abound. And he asked that our love abound. Abound means to grow. It means to be mature. It means to have effectiveness in other people's lives. But we have to submit to the love that's been given to us. The first point I want to make is the, the love of God that's poured into our hearts. is being poured into a vessel that has been changed. 
You are no longer an old garment. You are a new garment and you need some new love. Not the love that the world gives you, but the love that Christ gives you. You know, when you have a cup that's empty and you pour something cold into it, the cup takes on the nature of what you pour into it. Because when you touch the cup, it's cold. And if you have something that's hot and you pour it into a cup, the cup takes on the nature of what it, the temperature of what's poured into it. And so do you, because you've gotten rid of your cold, stony heart and Jesus has saved you. He's pouring in his warm heart of love. But this love is confined in you. The cup contains the, the love. The cup contains the coffee. The cup contains the beverage. The cup contains the nourishment. And God is pouring that nourishment into you. Being confined by you and being experienced by you and your willingness to submit to it. You can only drink from a cup that has something in it. If a cup doesn't have anything in it, there's nothing to drink. So I, 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 I tell you again, you are the vessel to which God pours in this love. So the vessel is the is 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 he pours into us. And then we learned that last week that it's through his sufferings that he pours into. The more you suffer, the emptier your cup gets, the more you need or the broader your cup gets because you suffer. He has to pour in his love, grace, and mercy in that cup. So for only for you to grow, you have to be willing to suffer and sharing the sufferings of Christ and sharing the sufferings of Paul that they went through so that you can grow in the grace and the knowledge of Christ that your love may abound for each other. We run from suffering, don't understand the point of suffering. We've read it several times. Suffering builds this thing called character in us. And Christian character can only be come to fruition during the, the suffering and the love that's being poured in it by God. Because when you suffer, you need somebody. And all Jesus wants you to depend on who I sent you. You don't need to call them down. You need to submit to what's in you. Too many of us are trying to call down Jesus. It's not time for that yet. What we need to do is deal with the Holy Spirit that dwells within each and every one of us. So it's through the sufferings of the heart that's been broken that God pours into the cup of the heart of the saint. That it may love may abound. Now we get to abounding. Meaning that not only does he fill you up with the warmth of his love, but the cup runneth over with the love for somebody else. That's right. You can't tell me you love Christ and Christ is poured into you and you haven't poured into nobody else. Because the whole point of pouring into you is that you will pour into somebody else. Progression is not having more. Progression is yielding too. I'm going to say that again. Progression is not having more of Jesus, more of the Holy Spirit. Progression is yielding to it. And when you yield to it, that means that, that more can be pulled in. When you give it out, more can be pulled in, just like a normal cup. You pour it out, more can be pulled in. And if it's poured in, then it will have the effect that it wants to have because 
It's part of the completion work. This is a wonderful thing because he's guaranteed to keep pouring. Is all I all I do is got to keep submitting. He's like the waitress that comes around too much. You know your cup barely get empty. Here they come again. That's good. But they're doing the job. They want to make sure that you got enough. And Jesus wants to make sure you got enough. That's why he sent back the Holy Spirit. Didn't send back an angel. Right. You don't need a messenger. You just need the Holy Spirit. So with that, it's through our sufferings that God pours into us. And it's through our sufferings that God matures us. It's through our sufferings that God will glorify us. And, I, and, I, and as I study this out, if that's the work of the Holy Spirit in us, then what we need to do is to be a purveyor of love to suffering people. And the first thing is not their outside suffering, but the inside suffering that sin causes. And we need to be telling people the gospel that put us in a position to receive the comforter. It's the gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation. That's what Paul said. Paul said, I know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. The reason why is because that's the only way to get man out of the condition that he's in. Even though he may have everything in this world, he has nothing of God. We are bankrupt sinners. We come to God with nothing. We come to God as beggars, as paupers. But God says, even though you may be a pauper, even though you may be a beggar, just come. You may not be what the world says you should be. That's progression in the world. But I will submit to you that progression in the world is regression in God. You know what he said? He said, if you love the world, you don't love me. So we see this work that's being completed in us and our guarantee is that he guaranteed it's going to be completed. So you need to rest. Quit being so caught up in your religious mind. If you want to read, read. If you want to pray, pray. Because it's not what you do, it's the heart that does it. Now, doing nothing is not an option. Because how can you sit on a love like this and do nothing when you're used to squirming and worming when somebody said they love you? <laughs> how many of us had that young love that we thought was love and then as we got older, we realized it wasn't love? All right. But the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. And it needs to be abounding. It needs to be growing. It needs to be transferable. You can't transfer your faith, but you can transfer the love that the faith produces. That's it. You got to listen to me, saints. Time is winding down. And we need to get an understanding of what's being done to us so we can appreciate it. When I look at you, I look at God's work being done. You are his workmanship. That's right. You are his masterpiece. You are his Picasso. You are his joy. You are his pride. You are his confounding creation that the angels look to look into. Why pick them? Because my power is made perfect in weakness. That's the only reason he picked you, Pastor. That's it. Because you're so weak. That's it. 
that's why that's why he picked you guys. Mm-hmm. Not because you're so strong, because you're weak. Amen. You're flimsy. Amen. You can be broken mm-hmm. spiritually and physically. But God picks the picks the weaker things, the base things to confound the wise. Uh, there's a whole bunch of people who are wise out here and smart. But even with all our getting, we need to get an understanding of who God is. Now, I don't want you to be confused because education is very important. And education about God is even more important. But be balanced in your thoughts. Some of the greatest writings that we ever have have come from educated people. Ask Paul. So don't dumb out on me saying, well, see, Pastor said that you, no, I didn't say that. You ain't hearing me right. What I'm saying is, is that when Paul counted for the world to accept him and God to accept him, he said, no, it was rubbish to him. But when God got a hold to what Paul had learned, he was able to write most of the New Testament. Peter, James, and John couldn't do that. But everybody has their fit. Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles because he could go those different places. He could talk 13 languages. He was built up sufficient for God's work. So when Paul took it out of his ego and say, God, whatever I am, you use me. Paul learned God used him immensely. But Paul had to pay a price for that. Instead of being top dog, he became bottom dog. Instead of being the preeminent Pharisee, he became hunted by his own people. All of us are not called to suffer like that. And thank God that we're not. But if you think that you're not called to suffer, then you don't know the Christ that that died for you. And most of your suffering is through your own presumptions. It's not the outside things that's bothering you. It's that head of yours. Filled with bad teaching. Bad religion over the years. And again, I submit to you, you calling down what already should be in you. You don't need a miracle. You need more word. Jesus is the blessing with your name on it. The Holy Spirit is the blessing with your name on it. Even though I may die, I'm still going to live. Come on, son. But as Paul said, it's more profitable for me to be here with you right now. And there will be people in the body of Christ, unbeknownst to themselves, will despise you because they're jealous of you. And that's okay. But you keep on doing what God has called you to do. You don't need people to lay hands on you. God has already anointed you. Don't come to me asking me what God told what you need to do for God. You need to talk to God. I work for him. You don't work for me. All right. I got to go to him for what I need to do. I, what, what am I going to go to him for about what you need to do? <laughs> what I'm going to do is let you tell me that I'm going to pray that that's it. <laughs> that's it. But don't think I got no hand, no power in these hands touching you. I can't give you what God has given me because we're part of the body. This is not Israel. This is not that Old Testament thing. This is New Testament. And New Testament says we all got the power. Amen. And we're all part of the body. 
And neither part of the body should look up or down at the other part because we all have to work together, which means wherever I go, you go. So you already know that I am, too, because you in the house. That's it. See how the work is being done on us? Because that made me realize we all in this together. Not one saint will be left behind because he said he'll leave the ninety nine and come after the one. But God does this through the love and pouring into the saint. The saint's position is to receive and submit to the power of the Holy Spirit that he may learn of him. In chapter three, it said operate in this love and the understanding of Philippians. Talk about the power of the resurrection and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. These are the superior things that we should be striving for, but also at the same time relaxing in understanding that it's there to receive. And all we have to do is ask and be willing to submit to what it takes to receive it. That cup that you that you drink out of your favorite one, which I got several because of y'all now. I got several. I got thousands of coffee cups. But but, but there's a cup I like drinking out of. And when I looked at the cup the other day, Pastor, I said, you know what? It's just like us. It had to be formed from nothing. That's right. Into the shape it's in. And then it had to be insulated so it could hold the beverage hot. Then it, had a, it has a cap on it that I may sip out of it. And the same thing with you. You are a cup that's fashioned by God that people can sip on. Slowly, intently focus on what God has called you to do. And then when I'm done sipping, I put it down and somebody comes, refills it back up. And you are that person. When they finish dining on what you have to give out in love, then God fills you up with more. But you can't get more when you haven't given out what you got. All right. I heard some saints, I want more of this and I want more of that. Well, have you given out what you got? Or have you even submitted to what you have under the Holy Spirit in the word of God? Go to Romans 5. And you'll see something. Amen. Read Romans 5, 1 through 6. Therefore, <clears throat> since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith. So by faith, we obtain access and we are justified by faith. Right. Now think about what we just learned about the fact of this love and abounding love. Because we have the faith, we are made right with God. We have peace with God. There's no more war with God. And because there's no more war with God, God has opened up a way that we may receive him. So we're not only justified, but we gain access. That's it. See, God loved you so much, he had to justify you and give you access through faith. In, in faith? No, faith in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Faith back to the cross and in the resurrection. See, you can't have one without the other. See. Or your access code will be denied. Hmm. So we gain access now. What's the purpose of access? Read. Into this grace in which... Oh, I'm sorry. 
Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. So we obtain what? This grace. The favor of God to which we stand. So you, when you submit with the understanding of the Holy Spirit, you stand in the grace of the Holy Spirit and you can't be moved. Remember Psalm 121? That's right. Yes. You can't be moved. What can't you be moved by anything that happened out there? Come on. Anything that happened at your job. Anything that happens, you cannot be moved. Even you understand your own flaws and your own imaginations, and you can't be moved by that as you mature in Christ. You can catch yourself saying, no, that's just me. I'm, I, I'm getting caught up in my own head. That's it. Or you talk to people who get you caught up in your own head. That you not need to talk to no more. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You, you grew up with them all your life. Y'all went to Sumner, Soldan, Beaumont, U City, y'all. Yeah, Parkway North. I know, I get it. South County Tech, and that's St. Louis. <laughs> but you know, sometimes you just gotta let some people go. That's right. That's right. It ain't that you don't love them, but they just not going where you going. Yeah. Right. They haven't submitted to Christ. And instead of you pulling them up with the gospel, they'll pull you down with your imagination. Come on, Doc. Because we love hanging out in our past instead of accepting the challenge that's before us for our future. Our future in Christ comes with responsibility. Come on. Commitment, accountability, responsibility. You don't get this thing easily because it costs them too much. And when you understand that, you know the Holy Spirit is working in you. So you can't do some of the things because you said it costed him his life so that I can live. I love him and he's pouring his love into me every day. So I can't just, just do what I used to do no more. Even though my flesh may want to, my spirit has gotten strong because my flesh is weak. Mm -hmm. Amen. But my spirit is strong. Read. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering. We rejoice in our what? Suffering. See, the only person, the only person can rejoice in their suffering is saved for that's an oxymoron to worldly folk. Close the door. That's an oxymoron to worldly folk. Praise God. That you gonna rejoice in suffering. Now, don't get us confused. We're not masochists. I say this. We don't look to suffer. It's just part of the part of what we are. That's part of who we are. The world hates us. So the world's gonna come against us. So we're gonna suffer at the hands of the world. Which means that even people in faith are going to die gruesome deaths. But their death will not be in vain. Because even Paul said in, in chapter 1 of the Philippians that even if I die, it's a good thing because some people are going to get even bolder with it. Because they saw that I had Christian character that would look beyond my circumstance and live beyond my circumstance, transcend what I'm going through, and I'm still talking Jesus. As they put the noose around your neck, you're still talking Jesus. As they put your head on the chopping block at your job, you're still talking Jesus. As you go through your life and you find people who disagree with you, hate you, malign you, castrate you to the other side, don't agree with you, you still talking Jesus. As long as you talking Jesus, it's okay. Because that means the work is being done in you. 
and the work can't be seen in you and manifested in you and realized by you and for you unless you suffer. Because it's through our suffering that we share in the things of Christ. You're not going to get out of this as a saint of God if you don't suffer for him. That's right. Read. <clears throat> Knowing that suffering produces endurance. Mm -hmm. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Didn't I just say that earlier? Mm -hmm. God's love has been poured into your hearts because you're suffering. That's it. Your suffering is the emptying of your cup. And your suffering builds endurance. Your suffering builds the patience. Your suffering builds the character. And your suffering allows God to pour into your heart. So that their love can abound. By the Holy Spirit, which he gave to you. We share in the suffering. We rejoice in the suffering because it produces something in us. Suffering that doesn't produce anything but suffering is not of God. And Satan wants to say, see, if you was on my team, you wouldn't have to suffer. See, I can give you the same thing God gives you and you ain't got to suffer. But see, you want to pay for it later. The whole situation when Jesus was tempted after he had been 40 days fasting. See, the 40 days represents the testing of your body, soul, and spirit. So when Jesus was up and he said, turn these bread to turn these stones to bread, he was being tested in the midst of his suffering. And when the Holy Spirit, and then when Jesus spoke, when the devil said, didn't God say the angels will come get you, protect you and keep you from hurting? But he didn't read the second part. It said, keep him in his, in his way. See, Jesus was kept in his way. Just like we learned in Psalm 121. God will keep you in your way. What does way mean? In your character. So when you're suffering, God is testing your faithfulness in your character building. But you got to understand the purpose. And if you understand the purpose, you can rejoice. When we were all young, we all learned to ride some bicycles. And we had training wheels. And there was one day that, you know, you kind of start balancing. Your parents can see that maybe it's time for them to lose these training wheels. But you got so close to the training wheels when they, you wanted them off. But when they took them off, you got scared. Because you didn't want to fall. So your parent had to run behind you with the seat. And hold you up. The first time you let go, you fell over. Because what you did was look back. Mm. <laughs> and your parents said, now just keep looking forward. Keep pedaling. Just keep pedaling. Keep going forward. Because they've already poured the love into you. You got what it takes. You just got to work through it. So there we go. They drag, they take you down. And then all of a sudden, you're going, you're going, and you're going. And they let their hands off of you. And you pedaling on down the road. And then you make a mistake and look back and you fall. <laughs> but then you realize something. They put the training wheels on. They held you. And it was all out of love. 
and they let you go out of love. And now you're on your way. Same thing with Jesus. As we share in the sufferings, that's our training wheels. Yes, sir. And eventually, you're going to be on your way. Right. That you can share the love, abound in love, and share that with somebody else. Because you suffered and God has shown you that he's with you and he never leave you nor forsake you. He's a he he he's your light, he's your shield, he's a light into uh, a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. And God will deliver you from one thing to the next thing, and you will grow in Christian character. Amen. So that's why we look to God, who is the author and finisher of our faces. Hebrews 12 says. He's completing the work because he's the author of it. And the author of it says it's done by faith. Mm -hmm. We look to God. Go to Hebrews 12 and 2. I want y'all to see that because you need to see this. It's so imperative that you put all the pieces together. Psalm 121 and today goes together because we're talking about people who are kept by God. Psalm 23 is part of this message because even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall not fear any evil because he's with me. And he's with you. Don't base it upon what you're going through. Matter of fact, when you're going through, say, I know he's with me. That's why I'm going through. He just wants me to turn and realize that he's with me. So give God the praise and the glory while you're going through. Don't wait till you get in it. Give it to him before so you have it built up so when you go through, it's just a continuous thing. It's like being pushed on a train. train. Train yourself to give God some praise and then when that thing comes, try to knock you off your, your bicycle, you can balance yourself. Amen. And keep on going. 12 and 2, read. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. The completer of your faith. That goes back to the completion of the word. The completion of work within you, he's the founder and the perfecter, meaning he is the one who's going to complete it, and he's perfect, meaning he's mature. It's going to happen. You don't have to worry about it. You just have to rest in it. Read. Who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He's seated at the right hand, and he despised the shame. He endured the suffering for you. So he endured the suffering and died for you and sent the Holy Spirit back to you so you can glorify God through you. It's bigger than you. But somehow or another, it still includes you. And whether you do it or I do it or somebody else do it, it's going to get done. So whatever this is right now that we're going through in this time frame of life, it means nothing to God. Because God ordained it. That's his providence. And when God ordains something by his providential nature, he will also provide the way of escape when the time comes. But as we learn through history, maybe God is trying to tell his saints, you ain't been crying out for me enough. So I got to take you through something and say, maybe you'll turn from your wicked ways. Maybe you'll start preaching the gospel versus preaching everything else. Maybe you'll start telling people to get out of the $50 line and the $100 line and tell them that they ain't doing nothing but making you rich <laughs> while you're making them poor. Maybe God wants you to tell them that he's Alpha and Omega, that he can bless them without them coming to the table with anything. Because we all come with nothing. 
God is not a slot machine to be played with. And maybe, just maybe, if the church would turn, he'll heal the land. But he's going to complete this thing in you, in me, and in the saints of God, one way or the other. And he's going to pour his love into your heart. And you should share it abundantly, bountifully, intentionally, discerningly. Your testimony should be about a good God that saved you from your sin in spite of your circumstance. That you may look one way, but you trust God with all your heart, body, and soul. Let's pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the people of God. Lord, thank you for shedding and spreading your love in our hearts. Teach us how to be discerning lovers of the body of Christ. Let us not worry about what people say or what they do, but let's be in tune and intact and with the work that's being done in each and every one of us that you're going to complete. You sent the Holy Spirit back to live in us, to work through us, so that we may glorify you. So Lord, let the church roll on and let us continue to love one another as Christ has loved us, sacrificially, intentionally, purposed in his will, that we may go forward in faith and be his ambassadors to those who are lost and for the body edify one another in love. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. I want to thank all those who are watching around the world. And I want to thank those who have come. And I want you to be encouraged, blessed, and at peace. Always remember to what? Walk in truth. Thank you. Amen. If you do not have a place of worship, please consider Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church your home. We are a safe place to worship, supporting the edification of the body with all of its gifts. Sound biblical teaching is at the center of our worship as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Sharing the fruit of the Spirit and moving forward in faith through serving our community is our privilege and pleasure. Please feel free to contact the ministry at 636-344-0539 or email us at witminyahoo.com. Thank you for your consideration, be blessed, encouraged, and walk in the truth of the Lord.